Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Newbig, the voice of NARPM, and thank you for joining us today. So we got a great show. I have a good buddy of mine, Paul Kinkowski, on. Paul's an RMP. He's the co-founder of House Match in California, became the regional director at Pure Property Management, and he's also the creator of the PM Systems Workflow Conference, which I had the pleasure of attending last year and being a speaker and, and a host, a room host. And it was a, it was a one-of-a-kind conference. We're going to talk a lot about it in our in our conversation with Paul, so I'm really excited. But he's also known in the industry for being the process king, right? So Paul and, uh, and I, if anybody, if you know anything about me, you know I love processes. So uh, it's going to be a real treat for me to have this discussion with, with Paul. And so that brings us to our hot topic of the day, right? The hot topic is, let's keep it here with, with systems and processes. And it seems like you go on Facebook and LinkedIn and you see I have all these different PM groups and everyone's talking about processes. And then when I was at the NARPM National Conference, it seemed like everyone was still talking about processes. So processes is what everybody's talking about these days. It's, on, it's top of mind. And so I started thinking, why is that? Like, why is that? And the, the first thing is people are expensive, right? So the processes reduces the number of people that are needed in your organization. You can manage more units with the same with less people right or or the same amount of people you can increase the amount of units if you have good processes so for this reason process is the number one way to save money we all know that the cost of people in the united states has gone through the roof since 2020 and and now it's actually bleeding into other countries so that the cost of remote team is also increasing as well so if i can do more with less and I can hire remote team over U.S. team, I can dramatically reduce the amount of expenses. And let's be honest, our expenses keep growing, right? Everything is getting more expensive, but my revenue isn't growing at that same level. I can't mean, meaning I cannot increase my prices to the, to the same level as what I'm getting charged with other people increasing their prices for us to do business. So I thought that was the first main reason. Second reason is companies are growing, and when companies grow, uh, it causes more chaos. Even if you have 100 units and then you go to 150 units, you have chaos. Your system for 100 unit may break. And so hiring more people increases the chaos because they have to, you know, they still have to communicate with each other and having more people means more communication and it's exponentially more. It's not like one-to-one, right? If I, if I communicate with one person I work for and then I get a second person, well, not only do I have to communicate with both of those people, but they have to communicate with each other. So it becomes exponential. So a lot of times, you know, a lot of companies or business owners hire more people thinking that's going to solve the problem and it actually creates different problems or even more problems. And so this is the greatest way to create, you know, as you grow your business by putting in systemization or processes because chaos leads to, you know, it leads to low revenue or no revenue. And so companies that are in chaos, like my company Empire Industry was for, for two, three years, no profit. And so I think companies are growing because as the, as the government gets more involved in our industry, more investors are bringing, you know, homes for us to manage, the old eighty twenty rule, like I don't, I don't know if it's that anymore. I, I think you know, you know, the old eighty twenty rule meaning over eighty percent of all homes were self managed. I think that's going down over the last few years, and then now with interest rates going up, we have more reluctant landlords, like we did back in I think it was a twenty eighteen before the, before the pandemic. We were growing with reluctant landlords. So as companies grow, the systems that they have in place, which are really not systems, tend to break. Systems also standardize customer experience, 
right? And and so it allow by by standardization it allows you to do two things, right? Sta- you know the cust- you know standardizing the customer experience means that your customers get the same experience every time they call, which means that they're happier, right? They get they get the same result that they're looking for. Almost like McDonald's, right? Every time I go to McDonald's, whether I go to McDonald's in Houston or I go to McDonald's in California, I'm getting the same experience. Well, every time they call, you know, they're getting the same experience with your business when you have systems. It also allows you to hire non-experts. So you don't have to hire high-valued, high-dollar people to run a system. You can hire a virtual assistant at a fraction of the cost because they can, you can train them. So training becomes easier and training them on your system becomes much easier. The other thing is software is more available than ever before and more affordable than ever before to help you build and automate your systems. There are also more people and companies out there that do this type of consulting and coaching to help you implement, help you build and implement your your systems than than ever before. I can tell you before Lead Simple came out and before, before there were consultants out there that would sit down with you and kind of build your systems, I had a I, I was lucky to find a guy named Errol Errol Allen helped me with his consulting firm helped me build my systems and then I built my systems on top of HubSpot, which is if anybody knows HubSpot HubSpot's a great tool but it's a very inexpensive tool. Then I had to hire people to manipulate HubSpot. So you're talking three you know three expenses, pretty decent size expenses with the consultant and then you know IT folks or HubSpot gurus and then HubSpot itself. Nowadays. Lead Simple is very affordable. There's tons of people that work with Lead Simple that uh, will help you build build your process inside of Lead Simple. You don't need high level engineers to 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 do it. And then you have guys like Errol out there that will help you build your processes. And Paul's going to talk a lot about this in in our meeting with when when we interview with him. So it's going to be uh, going to be really cool to hear how he did it. Also, I think it's hit a tipping point. Kind of like uh, it's the it's the in vogue thing to do right now, right? Everybody's talking about processes. It's the in vogue thing. Kind of like virtual assistants were, you know, all the rage a few years ago, and BDMs before that. It's just what's in the the, the it thing right now. But as you guys know, and if you don't, I'm a big process guy. I love processes, and uh, I really believe by implementing processes at my business at Empire and even at VPM, it's it's literally changed. It changed the, biz- the way we ran the business. It changed our business at Empire, and it can change yours. And I look forward to talking to Paul about that because he will tell you how it can change your life. So really excited about our interview with Paul coming up right after these messages. Stay tuned. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. And welcome back, everybody, to the Narpum Radio Podcast. And as promised, I have... My good buddy, Paul Kankowski here. So, Paul, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be on the show. So happy to spend some time with you. So, Paul, you and I have something in common where we're kind of a weird bunch. We, we love systems and processes and details and, and all of that stuff. And most people that start property management firms are kind of like the visionaries or, 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 or from the sales side, where you and I came from a different side of things, like we're, we're just process-oriented people. Tell me, uh, why is it important for property management firms especially to have systems and processes in their, you know, in their business? 
Well, I'm going to start off by saying my processes eight years ago, they were awful. They were god awful. They were bad. And I actually went and got help to start working my processes because I didn't like having a job. I wanted to own a company. And when you have no processes, you just have a job. You work all these hours of the day. You work so many hours, but you don't know what you know what you did, but no one can replicate it. And that's why it's so important. Do you want to do you want to own a job or do you want to own a company? And if you're if you if you're fine doing that, that's fine. But I went through a study with Daniel and Jordan and all that way back in the day when they were doing companies. And I was paying myself, I think, like $28,000 a year or something like that. So my company was profitable. And they went through it. And they're like, your company's not profitable. They're like, you might as well just, well, I said this. They didn't say this. They're too nice to say this. But in my head, I said, I should just get a job at McDonald's because right now I, I'm, I could make more money working at McDonald's than I am by having this company. And yes, I was growing it and building it, putting money back into it. But by creating processes, I was able to make a profitable company that was more efficient because there's things that are better done by other people than me. So by having a process, basically it gave you freedom is, is what yes. I'm hearing, right? Now, when you have a process, it gives you freedom, but also it allowed you to be profitable. And is that because by having a process, you can hire lower wage or virtual assistance to kind of run that process or you need less people to because the process might have some automation in it so how did it change from becoming a job to becoming a company and, and being an owner and being profitable how did, how did that help so i was very much into remote remote assistance getting remote workers but even if you're going to be hiring people in the u.s you need a process because you know unless you find a unicorn most people can't replicate what you're doing or do something better than you. So it allows you to have less expensive labor that can get things done better than you because they're more like, I'm a visionary, Pete. Like me and you, we hang out, we can like get caught up in doing different things. And it's really, really important to me to have people that can sit at a desk and just get something done throughout the day to get it done because then I can focus on my visionary roles. I can focus on being a BDM. I mean, that wasn't something that I outsourced for a while. And then I finally got a BDM, but I could focus on being at more appointments, getting more deals, getting more things. And when I got more efficient, I also felt better about raising my rates, about charging more because I knew I was giving a higher level of service. So everything is just better by getting processes down. I know one of the things that, that really helped Empire when I owned Empire, when we created these processes a few things happened. Number one was we started giving the same consistent client experience, both on the resident side and on the owner side, because now the team is following a process. So they're not, you know, they're, they're not kind of thinking on the, on the fly, right? There, there's, there's less, there, there's less, what do you call that when like, you're just kind of improvisation, there, there's yeah. less improvisation, right? And so that provides a consistent customer experience, which it, to me, uh, to Empire, it actually reduced churn, right? So because you're getting the, the customer experience uh, the same, you reduce churn. It keeps you out of federal fair housing too, right? It keeps you out of, out of fair housing issues if you have the same process going over and over. It's easier to train people because you, now you have a process. And also with us, it, we found that we made more money because with the process, it's like, oh, here you have to charge for this. Then you have to do this. And what we had found is when we were quote unquote winging it, a lot of that stuff would get missed and we, and we would miss a lease payment or, or a, a lease charge or a lease renewal charge or some type of charge because it wasn't documented in, in the, in the process. You missed it or you allowed it, the charges to go away. An owner would complain. You'd be like, Oh, we'll just write that off. When you had a process in place, it wasn't them talking to you. It was them talking to your employees and they couldn't write off the charges. I, as owners, we are sometimes a lot worse at dealing with clients than our employees because our employees mm -hmm. are set. This is your job. This is what you have to do. And when they call, they're like, yeah, well, I'm sorry. That's, you know, above my pay grade. I can't, you know, get rid of your renewal fee. And then when I comes to me, I have to back my employee, which means I have to have a consistent way that I talk to every owner. 
But before, the owners were like my friends. I knew most of my owners because it was beginning. Yep. And they'd have my cell phone number, which ended um, once I got processes. And they'd call me up and be like, hey, Paul, you know, this has been a bad year. Can you just, you know, waive that lease renewal fee this year? And be like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, it was this, it wasn't as organized. And, and you know, at the end, I'm like, look, I don't want to work at McDonald's. If you want me to manage your properties, then I need to make money. I'm sorry, but... There's a thing where a lot of times property managers, we don't value our time as much. That's we're, true. we're growing our business. We're just like getting out there and we don't realize we're working 80 hour weeks and we need to be getting paid that. You wouldn't go tell, you know, your doctor, oh, by the way, can you just cut my my charge in half? And, you know, he might say, well, what part of the surgery don't you want done? I mean, you know, it's like, and so, I mean, I'm like, my doctor's making money. My lawyer's making money. I'm a professional. I need to be making money also. Yeah. I, I would say that also with, uh, with the processes before we had good, clear, concise processes, we had a lot of chaos and the way we solved the chaos originally was we hired a lot of people, a lot of bodies thinking that would solve the challenge. And what it actually did is actually created more chaos because now there's more people involved. There's more cross commu communication, right? It's, it's exponentially more difficult because you have more people with, with different lines of communication. When we, when we really dialed in our processes, I was able to increase the number of units per person operationally on our, on our team, which also meant more, more money in our pocket, right? Because we, we can have more revenue with less expense. Well, and you owning BPM Solutions, you've probably seen this problem. People will call you and be like, those people in Mexico, they're just not smart enough. They can't get it. They don't figure it out. I need to hire an American so that we can get this job done right. And they hire an American and they call you back and be like, or right, no one wants to work. I can't find any good people. <laughs> yeah. If I could just find that unicorn, I'm like, okay, well, how do you tell them what to do? Well, I, I texted them what they needed to do. And I'm like, you texted them? Like I had someone actually tell me they texted their people in Mexico what to do for the day. And they were mad because the person didn't get the thing done right. I'm like, you know, I have videos. I have things they can follow. I have things that are step by step. I have ways they can watch. Yeah. And then I'll get the people that say, I don't want to hire anyone until I get my process in place. That's wrong too. So it's a combination to hire the people and have them help you create the processes. Hire the people because if you hire the people and they get a little bit done, all that extra time you have, start spending on your process because it's kind of a, you know, if you don't hire anyone, you're running with your head cut off trying to manage your doors. You can't put things on paper. You can't do that. So you kind of have to go both directions. But when you first hire people, every time things are going wrong, understand the point the finger at yourself. It's because your processes suck. And as they get better, then your employees will get better and they're going to grow with you. So that's a good segue. So, all right. So let's say somebody's listening to this, like, yeah, man, they're, they're talking to me. Like, that's me. I am now, after listening to Pete and Paul, I understand I need processes. So in your opinion, what's the next step? Like, okay, so I think I need processes, but where do I begin? Do I do all of them at once? Do I start with one? Do, do I hire somebody? Like, what, what is the, what's the process <laughs> to, to document your process or create processes in your company? Well, I have people all the time come up to me and say, I got a couple of weeks off. I'm going to get all my processes created. And I kind of <laughs> chuckle at that. Like, really? Seriously? I've been working on it for, you know, seven years and mine aren't all done. I don't think processes are ever like done. Like, oh my gosh, we completed them all. The company's <laughs> going to run perfect and nothing's going to change. Regulations are going to change. Things are going to change. Life's going to change. So what I tell people is let's look at what is one of the most important processes for your company. A lot of times it's the application process. If your application process is different for every person, then you're gonna get in trouble with the law. So let's get the application process right. So I would tell someone, let's document what your application process is, and then let's get it on paper. I don't care if it's paper and pen, I don't care if you use process. And you're, you're documenting what's happening currently, right? This is yes, what's happening currently. you documenting what you currently do. Mm -hmm. You need to look at, then you need to go to everyone who's part of that application process within your company. If you're one person company, it's pretty easy. You just look, point your fingers back at you. But if there's three of you and two of you are involved in the application process, then get those people in the same room as you. If they're in Mexico, get them in the same Zoom as you. Mm -hmm. And let's go through the process and let's have them 
figure out ways to make it better and what, what's going to happen. And then you start to write it. Now you, you could get that thing written in two days. You get that process for application written in two days. Great. You have the start. You, in two days, you wrote the process down and you have it on writing. Did it's you find, I'm sorry to, to, to uh, interrupt, but did you find that when you were creating the processes with clients and with yourself that you're like, oh, there's some things here that we don't do that we probably, that I thought were being done that should have been done or people are stepping on each other saying, oh, well, I do this. Well, well, I, I do it this way, right? That you find out or find that you uncover time. a lot of stuff. Every time. So then that's, that's why I said, then once you get it written, it takes three months of putting it in place. And every week you meet with those people that are doing it and you say, hey, what's going wrong with this? And then you make some changes and what's mm. going wrong with this. And after like six weeks, you're like, okay, I think we have a process that's pretty good. Now let's not, now let's wait for three weeks and see what goes wrong with it. But then it takes about three months for you to say, this process is done. And then guess what? That process is done. And a year from now, you're going to revisit it. You're going to spend one day revisiting it, making changes a year later of what, what you've done a year later. So it's done, but it's not done forever. So I used to have a, a thing where we would all meet together. We'd break up the processes and I'd put $100 bills on the glass, like it was, was in a room. And I said, whoever makes the best chains that makes the most efficiencies for our company gets this much. Oh, like, I, that love that. I love and that. I love that. And so every year we would read, we would look at like, we just spend two days and we'd go through eight processes because we already had them created, but we wanted now. You're in maintenance mode. You're Now you're just looking for more efficiencies. More efficiencies, more money. Like, oh, this is something that we're not charging because we always miss this. Okay, well, let's do that. That If you find an area that, oh my gosh, we're losing $25 a door because we're not charging this, that's going to win you the hundred bucks because that's a lot of money coming back in my pocket. Yeah. I also found that, you know, there are lots of things that break your processes, right? You talked a lot of, you talked a little bit about like growth. Growth used to, the process I created for 200 units broke at 400, broke at 800, broke at 1,000. And so for, for Empire, it was, it was like, all right, we're, we're, the system's broke. Okay, let's go, let's go figure out, all right? So that's one way your process breaks. So if you're listening to this and you're at 100 units, I think you still create a process, but you know, don't try to create a process for a thousand units. Create the one for maybe 150 or 200 units. Do you agree with that that mindset? 100% agree with it. One of the areas, I'll just give an example, is we had all of our leases end at the end of the month. That was great at 100 doors, at 200 doors. Now my branch, then my area is at over a thousand doors. They don't have that process anymore. That is not part of the process because right. they wouldn't want a thousand doors to end on the same day. And I understand people in college towns might have it, all their doors end in within a three day period, but that's just craziness. But you have to do what you're, what's good for your company. But now all of a sudden we have them on the 15th, the 20th. We, they, we switched it because there's so many doors. Yeah. Stagger it. Yeah. Stagger it. With 200 doors, it was very cool because you knew. The end of the month, you had everyone moving in and out. The middle of the month, you weren't worrying about moving in and move outs. You knew by the 21st, you had to have all the uh, uh, yeah. the things back, the security deposits back. So it was a very set process, which was good for small amount of doors. wasn't good for big doors. Yeah. Um, what are, what are your What's your take on, like, so another thing that can break the process or change it is bringing in automation or bringing in some some software so talk about like because automation is a big you know buzzword right now and lead simple is kind of on the forefront of that so tell me do i automate or do i build the process first like what tell me the, the tell me what the what, what the, the line order is and i do love lead simple and they will give you this exact same answer no 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 on automation do not automate anything mm. automate once you get something that's beautiful because you want to, you want to, and then even when I automate, you got to watch it the first couple months. If you are sending automated emails, you don't want that dear owner. You want the dear, you know, Pete. You got to make sure those emails are automating right. So you have to check with automation. Automation is amazing. It's wonderful. But if you're starting your processes and you said, I want to start my process and automate three months, I would tell you, don't even think about automation for a year. And yeah, you can use Lead Simple because Lead Simple can do everything unautomated. Lead Simple can do everything where you have to physically push the button and do it. But then once that process goes for three to six months even, and you know it's good, then you can click on the button and say, okay, now send these emails automatically. 
But until before that, I would rather everything that I'm looking at because getting zapped with Zapier, getting all those things, getting it so that it's working back and forth, it's great. But you got to start in the right lane. You can't, I mean, it would be like having automatic driver in a car, but you don't teach someone how to drive yet. Like, you know, you're 14 years old, let's just put you in and, you know, let's just have you be the automatic driver. But they don't know how to drive it. Learn how to drive, learn all the problems, then on me. Yeah, I feel like sometimes people have this grandiose idea and it's so grandiose that you never, like you end up having analysis paralysis, you never get off the ground because you have like this idea of what you want it to be and you never take step one, which is document your existing process. Then the next step, if I, if I heard you correctly, is is uh, make adjustments, burn it in, over, make more adjustments over time, get it down, and then automate. Does that sound about right? That, that is correct. Automation is not an early step. Automation is advanced writing. I mean, that's that's a that's an advanced way. Agree, and I love I love your garbage in, garbage out, right? It, I, I love that that idea. You're just going to get it out at a much quicker pace than you did if you weren't automating. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot worse. I mean, it's going to be, you, you know, you, you, you'll probably have a lot of bleeding when you start sending emails to owners that you didn't want to be sent. Yep. So you had talked about the application process. Is that the is that the recommended process to start with, or do you have a different like? Is there different different strokes for for different folks so to speak the application process was actually my last one of the one of my last ones that i did so for my company every company is different my company my wife was in charge of two things and that was it applications and renewals and no one messed with it she did it she had a little excel spreadsheet did it her way the second that i wanted to change that process the deal was that I had to fire her. Basically, she was like, I'm not working at all. I'm not doing it your way. Mm. And I'm like, great. I'm having my people do it. So for me, in the beginning, for my company, when I hired people, I was like, I was glad she was taking care of it. And it wasn't an area that we're bleeding because she was very proficient at. She was very good at doing what she did. And we were bleeding on move-ins, move-outs, you know, those things that she wasn't involved in and that I wanted to get better. So that was important for me to start Application is probably important for a lot of people, but if you have something like I have people that say, oh, their finance is done by this person and it's great, or that's an area that they're really struggling and that they're seeing that they could be in trouble. Look at where you're struggling and get those processes done. I agree because a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to start at the beginning, right? Whether it's onboarding or application, depending on which, you know, the beginning is resident journey or the owner journey. For me, I took this, your same approach. I was bleeding, hemorrhaging uh, on maintenance. And so that was the one that, that we did first. And that's a hard one, I can tell you. It's, uh, it's difficult, but, but I'm, I'm with you on that. Start with the, with the bleeding. All right, so the next step now is, is uh, all right, so I identify the process. You document the process. You burn it in. You automate what does the company look like? Is that it? Is there another step or, or am I missing anything at that point? No. Once, no, then you're making a lot of money. I mean, then you're focusing, when you get your processes done, you can focus on the business instead of working in the business. Before I sold my company, I didn't do anything day to day at all. Like there was no day to day work that I did within the company. Everything I did was, oh, how can we adjust this? so we can be more profitable. I could take my time and focus on what are we making? Like, these are the questions that you should ask, not how many doors you have. What is, how much do you make per door? What is your revenue percentage of what you bring in? Those are things that like, we're so busy working, we don't have time to like analyze our books, analyze mm. our income, analyze things like that. When you get process going and everyone's working on that, you can start analyzing the fundamentals of your business and starting to tweak things that, oh, we're making 28%. Okay, I'm going to tweak this. Now, so we're making 35%. And you really get to see. And I know that that was for you with your company, too. Like, towards the end, before you um, sold, you were really starting. That was your focus point. In the beginning, it was growth and what are we doing and getting the processes. So there's a, it's a great change when you as an owner can, can focus more on the economics. I will say... As, as 
owners of property management firms, a lot of us have come from the real estate or investor side. And we take a lot, it's almost like a badge of honor that, hey, how many hours a week do you work? Oh man, I work 80 hours a week, right? And we're, we're such doers. And, and I got to say that I have, I have never met a, a, a group of more hardworking, passionate people than when I go to a, a property management conference. It's amazing what y'all do. And what I have seen, and I had trouble with this myself, is once I freed up my time, you almost have to learn a new skill. Like that skill that you're talking about is like looking at the percentages and looking at financial reporting. Many of us don't have that skill. Like you almost have to teach yourself how to become a CEO because you've been a doer for years building the company. And now you have to become a, a CEO. And I'll throw a shout out to Profit Coach is probably a good as, no, as good as company as any to kind of help you at least look at the numbers. Did you have any troubles like getting from doer to CEO in, in, in your journey, Paul? Well, I was a math teacher and I was a principal before that for school. So I'd been used to looking at books. I just didn't have time. Like yeah. I just, I was just doing so much that that wasn't something that was focused. I love numbers. I love looking at numbers. And I agree with you. If you don't look at someone like Daniel is that guy. I'm like, when I have a conversation with him, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, Two nerds. We love it. I love talking to that guy. Like, when I talk to him, I feel like I feel like I have an IQ of about four. I'm like, oh man, he's so smart. <laughs> he is very smart. It's very fun having conversations with him. But but yeah, no, I mean, get the help you need. But no, for me personally, it was the part when I really started loving property management. When I was able to look at the investment side, and I know for you too, Pete. I mean, we had those conversations when you started to really get to move out of the systems and start working on how your operations were and how you could streamline operations to make more money and meet more efficiency. I know that's when you really loved being at Empire. At Empire. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy the efficiencies. I, I believe this business, this industry has so many inefficiencies and the software, the software is getting there. But like you said earlier, it really starts with that blueprint and the blueprint is knowing exactly what's happening in each one of your processes, documenting it, and then adding the automation. And it, it really like, you know, it used to be where you needed X amount of people for X amount of doors. And that, that, that door count per person will only increase if you have systems and then it increases again when you have automation. Agree? Yeah. And the other thing, this is a really important thing is as business owners, I remember early on business, it was like, I can't take a vacation during the summer because summer's too busy. I got to the point where it was like, bye staff, it's July and my kids are in high school and we're going for three weeks away to Europe, wherever we're going, because I was able to just a couple hours a day, go on my computer while I was on vacation. I still, I, I'll be honest, I didn't completely like you know, disappear. Yeah, like Peter Lohman, right? Peter Lohman is, is was he, he he disappeared for forty days or something like that. You you still had to jump in and, and check things out. I'm just anal about that. Like it was more that like I was checking it out. Like oh, this is going on, and I would check things out, make sure it was going okay. But it was so nice because like my number one, you know, he was working his tail end off because you know he was had to get everything done, and and I was having fun. And so if you're in a business, like I always hear that. I can't leave because I'm too busy in the month of July. I can't go with my kids somewhere. I can't do this. Then you, you still, you own a job. Like mm. you need to get to the point where you own a business where it doesn't matter if it's a big busy season, you can go away because you are not in the trenches. They don't need you. They actually probably will perform better with you gone because they're going to have to follow the system. They're going to have to follow the process and they're going to have to grow up. So it's a good thing when you get to that stage. Now, Paul, what do you tell somebody who, let's say they're they're super visionary, not super detailed. They own the business. They want to do the they want to do the processes, but they just don't have the capacity, right? They're just not. I, I can't. My, my old business partner, Steve. If we sat him in a room and and gave him, you know, a flow chart of, of stuff, and we had to sit there for eight hours going over the details, I think he would he would just like his head would explode. He just didn't have the capacity. So if somebody doesn't have the capacity, what what are some of the ways they can you know skin this cat? There's a lot of people out there that will do it for you and help get it done for you, and they'll interview your staff. I know I've done that before. Where I go in, I interview the staff, I find out what they want with the thing. 
and you're a visionary, you can still spew out information to that person that can do it. And then you have someone who can sit there and get it done for you. One of the things that happens a lot of times is I had the guy was David, David Flores. David Flores was my, because I'm also like all over the place, starting new companies, doing things like that. And so I would tell David, this is what we want to do. And I'd work on it and I would be like, probably like Steve, like I'm working really quickly. And then I'd be like, David, get this so it works in the computer. Get this so it works technology-wise. Because my thing was, I didn't like technology that much. Like I, I do technology, but I don't want to get into the nitty gritties of technology. I don't want to deal with that. You get this app to work. You get this to work. I found that, and David was in Mexico, and he started, he was my first employee that I had from you know Mexico, and he stayed with me my entire time I had my company. And I ended up, when I started a remote hiring business back in the day, I made him CEO. He ran that. He ran all the systems, all the processes, everything. But I taught him like what he needed to do. And then I would give him time to take classes on certain types of things that I needed to learn. Like he didn't know Zapier. Well, he learned it. We, we, I paid for classes. I paid for stuff for him. So you can get someone, you can bring them in to supplement you. But I think as a business owner, you have to have a, a pulse, you have to have a tab on it, but you don't have to do what you suck at. You can pay people to do what you suck at. You have things that you excel at, spend your time doing what you excel at and spend the money on what you do. I know what my weaknesses are. Marketing, I'm horrible at. Like I'm not a marketer. That's just not, not where I'm good at. So I would pay people to do the things I didn't like or wasn't good at. So we're, we're recording this the end of October. It's going to come out in December. And I know how passionate you are about systems and really, you know, helping people find financial freedom through systems in their property management business. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you have the, the PM Systems Workflow, if I said that correctly. Did I say that correctly? It's the PM Systems PM Workflow? PM Systems Workshop, Conference, yep. anything yep. you want. Yep. And, and so you started out a few years back, and it's gaining a lot of traction. One of It's a very unique conference. Tell me, you know, how you decided on that and, uh, you know, what, what people could expect if they decided, hey, I'm, I'm really interested. I want to go to this conference. What, what, they, what can they expect from this conference? So this is the eighth time we've had this conference. So it's been a while and I will actually, you were one of the ones who got me to start this. You don't know that, but you did. I eight did not. Ago, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Eight years ago, I, I'm cheap and I, my system sucked. And so I went and hired one of your buddies and from Houston, yep. Errol Allen. And I hired him and he was like three or $4,000 a day. I think he was like $4,000 a day. And I, so I said, so I put on Facebook or whatever we had back then, anyone want to split the cost and show up in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> so you were the one who recommended because Arrow had been working in your company. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I had like four, 12 or 14 people say, oh, I want to come. I want to come. So then, you know, Errol just worked on us and we just worked on our systems. It wasn't like he did a little bit of talking, but most of it was us working and him coming around and checking. And then I was leaving and it, was, it wasn't a workshop, it wasn't anything. It was just me trying to, you know, save money. And Jordan called me up and said, oh my gosh, you're the talk of Facebook about this amazing co um, conference you did. I'm like, it wasn't a conference. I just was being cheap. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it got started. And the, and the same people, I have a, those same 12, most of them have been almost all eight times already. So it's like, not like, oh, they finished the conference. Some of, one of them is a speaker, Matthew Kamire. He's a speaker this year. He's been to every single one and he has amazing systems, but he will still go back because he wants to keep creating his systems be better. So it's not like, you know, you get to this point where you're like, oh, my systems are done. So this conference is not a conference. It's a workshop. We have tons of things where there's teaching things where I'm gonna, where we're talking. Someone, we have 12 different speakers and they'll be talking, but then we also have things where it's coaching. In a coaching session, you're going to go over there, you're going to have your computer out, and you're going to get start working on it. We're going to have a technology person in every coaching room, and we're going to have a property manager that's been through this before, and they're going to walk around and ask you questions. You'd be like, hey, what do you think about this on my renewal process? And they're going to be, they're, they're told to be blunt. They're going to say like, well, yeah, I think that's not that good for this, this, and the reason, or that's great, but you might want to add this. So you have all that feedback. And a lot of people will bring like three or four people from their team so that they work on it together. It's... And then every night, as you remember, you had one of the best 
Boeing little cheers that we have every night we do something really fun. So we have like a dice tournament one night. Shout out to the process Kings out there. Yeah. And then we have a bowling, a bowling bingo night, which you had a cheer and everything because it got you extra points. And we just, it's, it's small groups. There's never, it's not in a big conference room. We have, we have about nine suites that are about 3000 square foot each. There's 20 to 25 people per room. You're working with people. You, it's easy to ask questions because me and Wolfgang, who's now my co-founder, we both come from education. And what I learned is people don't learn that much by just listening. Really don't. Like it's a very small percentage of what you learn. What do you learn from? By doing. So if I'm going to give you my tenant university, I'm going to tell you about my tenant university, but then I have an hour and a half block scheduled afterwards for you to get it done. So when you leave my conference, you're not like, oh my gosh, I have these five ideas I want to finish. You're like, oh my gosh, I have these three ideas and they're 90% finished. I just have to put the topping on when I get home. Yeah. So I, now you go home and you actually do it. I was there last year and what I liked is you had the breakouts where they live, like teams of people work together or, or by themselves on their processes. So it is, it is a working, it's a working workshop. It's a workshop basically. But it's a it's super fun, and I highly recommend it. If, especially if you are, if you are sitting here listening and saying, "Man, my processes are terrible. I'm working too much. I don't have good help. They don't know. They don't have any direction." I highly recommend. You're not going to get all your processes done there, but it's the beginning of your new life. I would say. And and we have enough tracks that we have that beginner track, and then we have the track where we have a lot of companies there with a thousand doors. And they love coming every time because they're making, they're learning. And they're the ones that bring teams. So if you're a beginner, we have tracks for you. I will take, we have the first day, we have a beginner and advanced track where we teach you what a good process is. We go through it and really try to tell you so that you're going to be able to be successful. So whatever your stage is in the game, you will not be disappointed if your team goes or you go. Before we hit a quick break here, give us the date and the website, if you don't mind. It is January 23rd through 26th, and it is pmsystemsconference.com. PM, PM, like property management, and then systems with an S, conference.com. And my agenda is up on there. You can see the amazing speakers. Uh, and the agenda is so, like, this is the biggest complaint I'm going to get after this one. And I think this is going to be my best one, and I'm happy for this complaint. My biggest complaint is going to be you had too many options. There was too many things I wanted to go to and I didn't get to do it all. That is the complaint I want because I'm trying to give you like, you know, this buffet that's just so big that you're going to be like, man, I'm too full. I can't eat another bite. Huge, huge value for, for the price. Paul, we're going to be right back after this break and then we're going to hit the lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. 
With VBM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. All right, welcome back to the Narpum Radio Podcast. All right, Paul, got you in a hot seat. The lightning round, the lightning round. Here we go. You ready? I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> what is the stupidest thing you did when you started your business? Man, that is way too long of a list. <laughs> stupidest thing I did was I had about 30 or 40 doors and I got audited by the franchise tax board. <laughs> and I had two people in the military who I hadn't sent out the form that you had to have signed that says that they were California residents, but they weren't California residents. They lived in California because they're in the military and I didn't realize that, but they weren't California residents. So it was an $8,000 fine by the franchise tax board. Thank you so much, California, for like, welcome to business. If you mess up a little bit, we are going to smack you across the leg. We will find you. They have a certain specific set of skills. They will find you and they will make you pay. I looked at it this way. My things with California never made a mistake from that point on. If I had 400 doors and I hadn't had that $8,000 fine, the fine probably would have been 100000 because it would have been that many more people. Ouch. So it was it was actually really beneficial. It was a beneficial fine because it taught me something. That's the way you either look at it. You either look at it as they're out to get me or it was, it was like taking a class and how to get screwed yeah. in California. D- Dave Ramsey, the Christian money financial guy, he always calls it stupid tax, right? It's a stupid tax. It was a stupid tax for me. What is one piece of advice you would give someone just starting out in the PM business? Just starting out, become a NARPA member would be an amazing thing. NARPA was a big part of my success. Go to a systems conference. A lot of times when you start out, you say, I don't have enough time to take education because I'm too busy. Mm. That's the biggest mistake you'll make. Make time to educate yourself. Make time to get better, which NARPM will do, and which other things like that will do, because that's how you're going to grow and be better. You don't want to be one of these crappy property managers who just does a piss-ass job. You want to be like the guys that have been at those conferences for a while that were like, wow, they do a great job. They know what they're doing. And those guys are going to give you their information and help you become better. Because the whole thing about NARPM community is share, care, and help each other grow. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Of course. It's the best thing. Pineapple and... No, I do not like the Hawaiian. Pineapple and pepperoni is the best pizza that there is possibly in the world. Our friendship has just ended. It was nice knowing you. What is your ideal vacation? What is my ideal vacation? What time of year is it? Whatever whatever, whatever, whatever time of year you want it to be. It's, it's, my ideal vacation is skiing. In the yeah, winter, you're a big ski bum. And it's being in either some type of warm climate where I can just have pina coladas in the summer or in Belgium, drinking beer on the river. I love being in Belgium too. But like, it, but I'd say my most ideal vacation is like all winter is one vacation for me. I just want to ski all winter. Nice. What is something most people don't know about you? That I ran a hundred miler before Tony Klein. Most people, like, when we think about all this stuff, that they're like, Tony Klein's an ultra runner. Yes, I haven't completed it since, but... Got it there first. (laughs) But 14 years ago, I ran a 100-miler, finished it, did all that. And, you know, then Tony Klein goes and makes these 250-milers and stuff like that and kind of just made my 100-miles seem like a small run. But I I need to get him on the podcast just to talk about that stuff. Crazy. (laughs) What is a book that you're currently reading or one that you've read that has impacted your business or life? The book that I love, that I thought was one of the better ones was the one, the Navy SEALs one. What is it? Where it talks about how you, everybody should have only three people they report to. 
And if you're reporting to more people, it's what uh, I can't I can't believe I can't remember that book. Let me. Navy. And the Navy SEAL guy that you're referring to, it's on the tip of my tongue. And people listening to this are probably yelling right now at the radio. Extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. Right, jo- so Will, Willow Jockum, is that is that his name? Or Jocko Wilhelm or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And that yeah. book, for me, it transformed because basically before I was all about like control. Oh, I got to be control of this. And it talks about like in war and in business, how... When you're trying to control 12 people in in war, that it would be a disaster. If the general was trying to control everybody, it would be a disaster. The general's controlling three people below him, which he's controlling three people below them, which are controlling, and everybody has to work together. And everybody has to have good training. They have to be prepared. They have to have systems in place. They have to have all those things. Otherwise, they, you know, because the general can't say- Otherwise, chaos ensues, right? Yeah, so, and it was just- it was just such a good book because it not only talked about war situations, then these guys went into the business world and they talked about business. So they talked about business is war, like basically. And then the other really most important thing about this book is it talked about when your people fail, point the finger at yourself. You fail. Yeah. No one else. Because you have three options. You fire that person because they're untrainable and they're unworking and they did a bad job, but it's still your fault because you knew it and, it Hired them. and they failed. <laughs> yep. because you know that or you didn't train well enough which is your fault or you didn't have good systems in place which is your fault so he said everything is your fault even if it was their fault you should have known ahead of time and fired them all right what do you prefer dogs or cats dogs Dog by far. i love my dog all right well if you're listening to this and you're not a member of narpum please go to narpum n-a-r-p-m dot o-r-g narpum.org or give them a call at 800-782-3452 and join NARPM. If you are compelled to say, hey, I want systems and I think I need some virtual assistant to help me with that, please give vpmsolutions.com a try. We have over 35,000 remote team members now looking for work in the PM and in the housing industry. And Paul, if somebody is compelled to reach out to you, they want to know more about the systems conference, how do they get, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, if you Facebook me, message me, I'll send you my cell phone number. So um, I'm on Facebook. You can you can look up, if you Google Paul Kankowski, it's a very unique name. You'll probably find my information. You can have my email below here. Just contact me. I'm happy to have a conversation, happy to talk to people. I love helping this industry. I'm semi-retired, but I still love being a part of this industry and helping through this industry. It's just, it's just an amazing industry. And as I said before, if you haven't joined NARPM, join it. It was, I joined NARP, NARPM. I was in NARPM the first day I started my property management company. I went to San Diego and went to an event. And I was amazed at how helpful people were there. And I was like, really? These people, I'm, I'm a competitor. This person's in my market and they're giving me ideas. So it's a very different than if you're in the real estate world. Real estate world is all about stabbing you in the back and cutting you up. That is not how NARPM is. It's about... A community it's about we want to grow together and there's enough fish in the sea for us, us all to be profitable us all to be wonderful and do it right all right thanks paul thanks everybody we'll see you next time this has been a production of the national association of residential property managers the recognized leader in property management along with your host pete newbig CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.